Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Bikini. Today we have myself, Steph, and Claire. Hey guys. And Jess Johnson. Hello. With our special guest, Scott Goble. Say hello, Scott. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming on the show. Pleasure. I'm a huge fan of the show. I haven't, haven't <laughs> checked out an episode yet, but big Aww. fan. Big fan, yeah. <laughs> big fan, because you're... You know, two clients are on here. <laughs> so um, for everyone that doesn't know, Scott Goebel is one of the coaches um, in Australia, a very renowned coach, especially in IFBB and IFBB Bikini. He is both Jess's and Claire's coach. Um, I don't know Scott very well, so I'm interested to hear um, his background and um, his opinion as well. So, um, yeah, so I'm and as new as everyone else listening today. So, Scott, can you begin with telling us um, how you got into bodybuilding? So your body, bodybuilding career and how you became a coach? Yeah, sure. Well, well, I've been interested in bodybuilding since I was very, very young. I've actually been bodybuilding, I guess you could say, for over 30 years, which is probably terrifying uh, to all of you hosts there who haven't actually racked up 30 years of life yet, but um, I started lifting when I was 14 years old and it, it kind of determined everything I did from there on because I, I went on to study exercise physiology at university and graduated with an exercise physiology degree. Uh, I've worked in the fitness industry ever since, uh, whether it be working in gyms or supplement stores or selling gym equipment or repping supplements, it, it, I've done it all. Um, I started competing a little bit later. Like I didn't get on stage until I was 28 years old, but I had some pretty decent success uh, fairly early on and that motivated me to keep continuing. Uh, so I pursued the bodybuilding competitive side of things for 11 years in total. Um, took out a few super heavyweight national titles uh, in the IFBB, took out one in NABBA as well, won uh, a lot of state shows, never quite turned pro. My best ever look was, uh, was it 2014 and bloody Josh Lenardowitz came on and <laughs> just happened to run into a future Mr. Olympia competitor that day. And despite him being well and truly underdone and probably about 80%, he still absolutely smoked me. Um, so that, that was probably my best opportunity to turn pro. I never managed to pull it off after that. Uh, that was I was about 37 or 38 at that point anyway. So I was pretty much done. Um, and the next year I tried to come back, but I started to regress a little bit. And at that point, I called it quits and went full-time with the coaching side of things. But I did actually start coaching a little bit earlier on. I started in about 2007. So I guess I've been doing it for about 14 years. And it's interesting because I thought that I would coach people the same way I coached myself because I was self-coached the entire time I competed. Um, but I soon realized that that my approach did not work for everyone. And I had to really diversify my skill set and learn a lot more from a physiological standpoint, but also from a psychological standpoint, people uh, are motivated by different factors. And that that's sort of become a really fascinating part of the coaching game for me is what what are the cues to keep people uh, driven and moving in the right direction? And in some instances, uh, my most successful clients, I'm often forcing them to pull back rather than pushing mm -hmm. them harder. So yeah, it's, it's um, fascinating to me. I, I absolutely love coaching. When I started bodybuilding, Coaching was not a profession, uh, so it, it's kind of amazing to me that this is my job. Like I, and it's quite amazing to all my high school friends that this is my job as well because they they pretty much describe my job as I look at girls' asses and I tell them what to eat. <laughs> uh, and, 
And there's uh, sadly a lot of truth to that. So, yeah, this is my reality. And, look, I love my job. I love my clients. I've, I've got a, a collection of fantastic clients. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an honour to uh, have this position. Yeah, and okay. we love you too, Scotty. Yes. <laughs> Best coach. <laughs> I just read you a little joke before. How many bikini girls does it take to get a Zoom meeting work? I'll <laughs> 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 have a little giggle. <laughs> At least we didn't need, need men in the end. That's the main thing. That's right. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> I think I was part of the problem, wasn't I, in the end? I think I was with the audio on my end that wasn't probably working. Your dodgy Wi-Fi. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So um, when, what year did you start competing and what was your, what year was your last year competing? I started in 2004 and finished up in 2015. So in 15, yeah, my last comp, I actually went to America to compete just for the lols. And uh, (laughs) I won, uh, I won the overall Mr. New York title and uh, which sounds amazing, but by the time I got there and, and won it and I started to speak to some of the guys backstage, I soon realized that a state title is just like a nothing title. And (laughs) Once you've won a state title in America, you move on to regional titles. And once you've won regional titles, you move on to national titles and you never go back. So basically, I just went over there and spanked a whole bunch of amateurs. <laughs> like, like novice level competitors to claim the title of overall Mr. New York. But I still love that title. It's a good little ego boost, you know. Yeah, yeah Put that in the Insta bio. <laughs> put put yeah, it on your resume. Absolutely. And I was at my all-time biggest and fattest for that show as well because I'd pretty much given up on dieting. And I, I think I went to... Um, have you ever seen the cake boss where uh, the, he, um, yes. yep. he makes yes. amazing cakes in New Jersey? I, I'd even gone there and eaten, <laughs> eaten the cake boss's food and done all sorts of things. And I thought, I'll rock up this comp and ended up taking the overall. So brilliant. I Look love that. Go. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, what got you into, um, do you look after males as well or do you just, uh, coach bikini girls at the moment? Yeah, look. It, I, I never wanted to really coach bikini girls, but I just seemed to be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it and, and my bikini girls have been the most successful and you guys know what bikini girls are like. You all talk and you all interact and it, it's just grown from there. So, look, um, I, I probably coach 75% uh, females at the moment. I've got a few physique pros under my belt. I've got Viet Duan and Ali Raza. Um, hopefully be working with Fabricio for his next show. Uh, I've got a professional male bodybuilder that I work with, Christian Caldwell, who I helped turn pro at the 2020 Arnold Classic. So, yeah, I've, I've got some up-and-comers in every division, um, uh, women's figure, wellness, men's classic physique. So I, I work with anyone and everyone, and they all present their own unique set of challenges, and, and mm. you've got to obviously fit a different criteria for everyone. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy all of it. Okay, awesome. Not um, just a bikini coach. <laughs> Not just a bikini coach. I like to feed up the big buff dudes. <laughs> That's right. That's you right, like to yeah. see the big buff dudes in little togs, right? <laughs> I do. I do. That's that was how I got into it. You know, I, it, when I started, there wasn't a bikini division. You know, and, and when it first came along, I, I sort of thought it was a, a little bit of a joke. And even even now, I see some of the old school guys that do think bikinis a joke. But when you start working with the bikini girls. Honestly, half of you girls outwork the bodybuilders, like at, at least. Like the the level that you guys train at and sort of the discipline that you show year round um, is phenomenal. And honestly, you put a lot of male bodybuilders to shame and I don't care. They can come at me. That I, I've worked with, <laughs> you know, 
like I say, people from every single division and the bikini girls are as hardcore as they come. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take that. Yeah. Although sometimes when I watch Jess Johnson's Instagram story on the weekends. I'll- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about Claire's? She's way worse than me. <laughs> I'm not that bad. She's such a big- Claire, Claire was an absolute model client until she got up to Queensland and started <laughs> She probably so, just ha- hid her story from you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Look, smart. Yeah, Scotty, smart. <laughs> I've got to get through all the croissants here before I can't eat them anymore. I'm a croissant. Oh I, um, I can oh take the blame no. for that, I think. <laughs> yep. So that one was Steph's fault. What can we blame Jess for? <laughs> Ooh, I don't pub. know. The, the pub. pub. The yeah. pub. <laughs> my bad. Oh my Honestly, all three of us together, we're just, de- we're trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Any I feel like anything that we do, it doesn't matter if it's like in the gym, if we're, you know, out on a foodie adventure, whatever it is, it's like us together, it's like us times ten. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we always send it. <laughs> yeah. Send it. anything half asked. <laughs> nah, Praying. Eating. Drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bikini girls, yeah. full we commit a hundred percent. Yeah, we yeah. do. Mm. Um, all right, Scotty. So, um, in regards to Arnold's last weekend, did you watch it? I did. Yes. Oh, was it last weekend? Two, two weekends, weekends ago. Two weekends. Sorry, two weekends ago. Yeah. Um, once this podcast gets released, probably be three. Um, so, what did you think about the bikini division? Because I remember you saying that um, the bikini, when it first came out, you thought it was a joke. And obviously, you've seen it progress over time. And wh- where do you think that it's going? And did you? What did you think about the placings? Yeah, well, where it's going is is the big question because obviously I've got you girls in the pro ranks and we're trying to get you to fit the ideal criteria. Uh, but it does appear that the ideal criteria changes on a near annual basis. And, and that mm. makes life a little bit tricky because, you know, one year I might be like, oh, this is it. Claire's got the perfect structure and everything for, you know, the Miss Olympia. And then the next it might be you, Jess, or it, it, it chops and changes. So mm. it appears that they are sort of reining it in a little bit, I, I think. Where, yep. where with Issa or Alyssa um, Pacini's placing last year at the Olympia coming in sixth, she did get a little bit too muscular, I think, and her mm. taper started to get a little bit too dramatic and she did take on some fairly cartoonish proportions and she was penalised for that. And as a result, she had to scale her back this year. And then we've seen it with Laura Lee as well where she's uh, some of her feedback has been to downsize the glutes. We, we want to see uh, more of a... I guess a line drawn between the bikini division and the wellness division. Yeah. Uh, and she was getting a little bit too muscular in the lower body. And from a conditioning standpoint, the, the criteria seems to chop and change a little bit as well. So the Arnold classic uh, just gone would, to me would indicate that they're pulling back a little bit on the hypermuscularity and rewarding Jen Dory, who's just a very nice looking body. Like mm. she's got beautiful proportions. She's got great glute development. She's got the small waist. She hasn't, she's got shoulders, but they're not overdeveloped. And she, she wasn't that hard um, in my opinion. In, in yeah. fact, in the lead up to the show, I was looking at her thinking, oh, she's probably too soft to really be in the contention. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the images of Laura Lee thinking, oh man, she's never been this hard before. And I've always felt like her conditioning let her down. Uh, but by the time she hit the stage, she looked a little bit, a little bit different. She, she'd softened out whether that was intentional or not, I'm not sure. But I think um, I'm hoping that we can get a fairly definitive criteria and the IFBB Pro League can stick with it so we Mm. know exactly what the ideal is and and what all you girls have to chase. Um, But I I think, look, going into the Olympia, you'd have to say um, Jennifer Dory is 
the favourite uh, based yeah. off the Arnold Classic placings and her second placing last year. Um, we'll see whether she gets rewarded with the title, but I think that's what they're going for. They, they, you can't be too muscular. Like it's not a case of the mm-hmm. bigger glutes, the better. Um, you can't be too hard, yet you have to display a tight glute hamstring tie-in, which is like not easy for everyone. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, it really comes down to those intangible qualities of flow and proportion. And that mm-hmm. is so subjective that I don't think we'll ever have a universally um, sort of uh, approved of champion, you know, like we're all going to have preferences when it comes to proportions and flow. Like for me personally, like I kind of do like the freaky physiques. Mm. Like I, I like um, the, the wacky proportions, like the Maureen Blanquisco or however you pronounce her name. Yeah, yeah I love like that. her. I think she's, she's absolutely spectacular, but I think she's too much. You yeah. Know? Like I, I, I really do. So um, yeah, if you want to, want me to tell you where the bikini division is going, I've got no idea. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I study uh, yeah, I study it every year and every year my stance changes on where it's going. Okay. Who did you have? Um, what was your predictions for Arnold and what is your predictions for Olympia this weekend? I thought Issa or Alyssa. I can, what is it? It's officially Alyssa now, isn't it? I don't know. I call it Issa still. Yeah, I call, I call it Issa. Yeah. Um, no, let's run with this. Yeah. Um, I thought she would win the Arnold. I, you know, she beat well, she beat uh, Jen Dory um, and Laura Lee at Tampa, mm. like just a few a few weeks or a month prior to that. Um, I love that Daraja Hill as well, who wasn't in it. But um, so I thought Issa was going to win the Arnold's based off that Tampa show lineup, which was really kind of a lot of the front runners. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, Jen Dory taking it out and her coming second last year, I think. She's being positioned as the favourite, so I, I would assume that she will take it out if she brings a similar or maybe slightly tighter package to the Olympia stage. Yeah, okay. Mm. If we're talking... Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what I want to happen or, or the, the ideal physique in my eyes. It's just what I think will happen. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think in episode two with Troy, we actually said that we thought Jen was a little bit soft, but I, I think like we did actually say that that's probably she does have that bikini proportion. I think that we all mm-hmm. kind of agreed that it was getting like the other girls were going to be a little bit too extreme um, because it did seem like they were kind of trying to bring it back in, I guess. Cause it's like, yeah, once wellness kind of came through, it was like, okay, let's rein it back in and not be too muscular in bikini. Like, and it's all about proportions and flow. Yeah. To be fair, Jen did come in a bit like pretty soft at yeah. the pre-judging and then hardened up by finals. Um, yeah, she did. Yeah. Whereas the, the point, the judging changed a lot um, by final. So, yeah, it's probably obviously her coming in harder is what gave her the nod of winning the Arnolds. It was one point. Um, yeah, exactly. Between Issa and Jen. So it could go either way. Yeah. And I feel like Issa, the way she was praising, let her down massively at Arnolds. So potentially mm. if she fixes her praising, goes back to normal, um, she look look a lot more balanced with her physique compared uh, – obviously definitely next to Jen. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she still has a chance, I think. But um, my top favourite is still definitely Jen. Yeah. Like, I personally love Laura Lee and Jen. Uh, I like Issa's, like, freaky bit of portions, but I personally would rather see Laura Lee take it out. But I think she's gone a little bit too big. Yeah, I just feel like I just kind of look past that lower glow. It just sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, everything else <laughs> flawed. I absolutely love Laura Lee. No. Mm. Um Nothing against her, but like I feel like her whole package just flows so beautifully, and then 
her lower glute, it's a bit hard to hide at the moment. You can tell she's trying to hide it with her back pose. She's standing very tall, so she doesn't have too much of a glute projection. Yeah. And then in that front pose now, she's very like, she's got her foot forward a lot more. Um, and with her rotation and everything, she's trying to like basically tuck in that lower glute um, from what I think. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I saw a post that Issa did and she said that they actually told her to change her posing after she won which was Issa's posing yeah like so for Arnold's they told her to change her posing um but then she said that she's going to change it back for Olympia yeah yeah. but it was really interesting that they would tell her to change it I don't know it didn't look great no I didn't like it yeah I didn't like it yeah and I don't think she felt comfortable in that pose no you can tell you can tell yeah you got to feel comfortable in your poses and if you don't you can see that from the audience Hats off to her, th- to her though. She's obviously being a great athlete and Definitely. like taking on feedback and then listening to, um, you know, whoever's coaching at the time to change it. But then she knows it's that situation where she knows what's actually be- best for her physique and now she's going to go back to what she's comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about what qualities you look for in like an athlete, Scotty. Look, the bikini division is probably, if we start with the physical uh, qualities, it's one of the most genetic divisions in the sport. I mean, I Mm. guess they're all largely genetic, but you've got to have certain qualities if you want to be successful. And I would say number one would be bone structure, you know, like if you've got really wide hips and narrow shoulders, you're never going to be successful. So you need those fairly narrow hips, you need uh, reasonably wide shoulders, and you've got to have good proportions in terms of sort of torso length to leg length and, and things like that. So everything flows together. Then you've obviously got to have the capacity to build the muscle to fill that frame out. And then the other big one, Uh, which differentiates a lot of the successful competitors from the less successful is the way you distribute your body fat. If you distribute body fat fairly evenly, it makes getting in shape a a lot easier. A lot of girls have to get that sort of emancipated look through the upper body in order to get the lower body in condition. Mm -hmm. Um, So those would be the main sort of genetic components you look for if uh, when trying to predict an athlete's future success. And then outside of that, I, I like to have athletes which have really boring social lives I'd stay at home and act like mm-hmm. hermits but no no and, and then it really it, it really does come down to the love of it like you have to love love the training like if you if the training's a grind for you pick another sport because mm. the training only gets harder and harder the, the training mm. is the fun bit uh it, it's the dieting which is the hard bit so you have to have an absolute love of training uh and and if you do that and you've got those genetic components too and you've got the discipline and willpower to survive a contest prep diet you're going to be hugely successful so yeah that's what i like and i I just like good people and funny people you know they they help make my life a little bit easier so yeah yes yes you are at the top of the list in the funny people so yeah so yeah no that's yeah that's pretty much it so the the genetics is is a huge huge component and and you've got to have all those things so um yeah for some people look they might get into the sport with high expectations but if you haven't got the genetics there is a ceiling on how far you can go sadly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what and um what do you think is most important in terms of a mental kind of aspect um, I guess it, it all comes down to self-discipline and resiliency, you know, like it, it, it's not easy getting in contest shape, even for the most metabolically gifted and genetically lean, it's still a chore to get down to really, really low body fat percentage. And if anyone says bikini girls don't have to diet as hard, like it, it, bikini girls have to diet as hard as, as a bodybuilder. They, they really do. Like females are not, not meant to 
be genetically or like physiologically, they're not meant to get down to 10% body fat. That's sort of where you have to be. And it's probably just as difficult for a female to get to 10% body fat as for a male to get to four or five. So um, yeah, you've just got to have the, the discipline and the resiliency to keep on going. As like, if you look at Jess's um, plan, I went back and looked at it uh, in the lead into the what was the, the pro qualifier at the start of the year. It was horrendous what we were doing to her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Like, I was torturing her, absolutely torturing her. Like, we're talking about, you know, 15,000 steps, an hour and a half of cardio a day, and on 1,100 calories. And this is a girl that's got a lot of muscle uh, and trains hard. So... She she did it, and we used to joke about it, you know. Like we used to say, you know, I think one of my comments was, "Well done on not eating when you're hungry and moving when you're exhausted," and that's pretty much <laughs> what it comes down to. Like you have to keep moving when you're exhausted and keep doing the work, and you cannot eat just because you're hungry. Like it, it just can't be done if you want to be successful. So, um, yeah, it, it, the ability to sustain. Uh, under conditions of hunger and fatigue would be the greatest indicators of success mentally. Mm-hmm. 100%. Cool. Yep, yeah. That was a grind, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, I, I looked at that to show your friend, uh, Emma, like just how hard it is to get, get in shape. And I, I was actually horrified that we did that to you. It, it was had all the recipes of, you know, yeah, metabolic damage and hormonal disruption and, and everything. We, we were absolutely killing you. But... Paid off. Yeah, look, hard work pays off and it is what it is. Like my body, I, I can gain muscle really easy. Like I literally look at a weight and I'm like, hey, we yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. gained some muscle. Um, and normally like, I don't lose muscle too much during prep. Like I pre, because I was doing some body scans and stuff during prep just for shits and gigs um, and took it with a grain of salt. But um, yeah, I pretty much maintained muscle the whole time or gained a little bit. Um, wasn't until probably like those last like real slog weeks like where it was probably the last four weeks, six weeks maybe, mm-hmm. where I was maybe starting to dig into my muscle, but that's because I was like getting peeled. I was like the leanest I've ever been, especially like still having that fullness. So yeah, you do, do what you got to do, I suppose. So I feel like Jess, you and I have very like different physiques. Like you put muscle on pretty quickly and I really struggled to put muscle on. Mm. Um, Scotty, how do you work? Like how do you program my um, prep versus Jess's, for example, with our differences. Um, yeah, well, with like- Jess, it is never a concern, like the muscle retention, you know, like like with you, Claire, we obviously, we try and hold back on cardio as much as possible. We want your legs to look like someone who just lifts weights and does sprints and things like that. Whereas Jess pretty much runs marathons and she's still got big legs. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so it, I, the, the reality is I can beat the living shit out of Jess and her muscle is going to stay around. But if we do that to you, Claire, <laughs> you're going to get skinny legs. Yeah. So, yeah, you just have to tailor and you have to create the calorie deficit through other means. So it, it does mean Claire goes on pretty damn low calories as well. Mm. Um, but I guess, I guess genetically Claire's probably naturally fairly light and lean. So... Um, didn't have to get killed to the same extent yeah, yeah. as Jess. But, yeah, that, that's the difference. You have to create a calorie deficit to get lean. With Jess, we can do it through outrageous amounts of output, steps and cardio, and that muscle's not going anywhere. But not not every girl is the same. 100%. Yeah. Also different so many levels. Yeah. Like I know when Claire and I won our pro card, I was 10 kilos heavier than her because she's tiny. So 
What was what was your last weight? Say today, I was. Oh, we were forty two, weren't we, Scott? Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. forty two, forty three. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Roughly. Yeah, and I was fifty one point five my yeah. depleted weight, and then I was probably fifty two on stage. And what was yours, Jess? I think I got no, oh, I don't know, Scott. I reckon it was like sixty one or something. Yeah, see, so different. Kilos in between so all different. Of us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like. Yeah, I think you might have just you might have dipped under sixty. Yeah, I think. I think when I was depleted, I was like fifty nine, fifty eight. Mm. But I think on show day at nationals, I I remember weighing myself and it was like sixty one. But I think we were a bit more depleted in Queensland because we knew we still had to get conditioned. And then for nationals, we were a, li- <laughs> a little bit more carved up. I'm talking like I don't know. I think it was like a hundred. <laughs> Yes, this carbs up are the saddest things you'll ever see. So we got like 100 grams of carbs on like yeah. a Monday before a Saturday show. She'll spill and then we'll try and dry her out the rest of the week. That's insane. Totally different. So literally nearly 20 kilos between the two of you guys. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, and okay. Claire probably carbs up more aggressively. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm I'm literally like the middle of you two. Like you I need to come up a crap load. I'm not as tiny and small as Claire, but I'm not like as tall and hold muscle like like um like Jess. Yeah. Yeah, backstage Steph's like eating cereal oh, boxes. I was eating so <laughs> much. I was literally just like my hand was just constantly in the cereal box and I was just not filling out. Mm. <laughs> I was like, Scotty, can I have this one lolly so I don't pass out on stage? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's true. Oh, too funny. Uh, yeah, wow. What do you what do you like to use as carb ups? Um, or what foods do you like in peak week, Scott? Uh, it, it depends on the client. It, it's what the, the client's digestive system takes really well. So I'm not interested at that stage about keeping them satisfied and, and staving off hunger as mm-hmm. I might be throughout the majority of the prep. I'm interested in what carbs are going to be, you know, digested. Efficiently and taken into the muscle uh, with low risk of spilling or any gastric distress. So, for most people, it's it is sort of boring stuff like rice and rice cakes and things like that. But um, everyone is a little bit different. I, I've got some people which can carve up on almost anything. You know, like they can carve up on pasta and bread if they want to. Um, but yeah, sometimes the sugary cereals are good as well. A little bit of simple carbs to mix in with the complex carbs. Or in Jess's case, I sort of just wave a rice cake under her nose. <laughs> just a sniff. Just move on. Go. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I, I'm a big believer in use the things that you've used throughout the prep and that you know are going to work for you. If if you bring in a completely foreign carb source in the last week, you, you're asking for trouble. Like things may go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, you know, it could send your whole prep backwards. Yeah. Okay. Do you use, um, do you like to manipulate anything else? Like, do you, are you someone that uses fat during peak week? Do you manipulate salt or water? Um, again, it, it depends on, on the individual. In the best case scenario, you've done little trial runs in the lead up to the show and you've got a little bit of a plan in place and you can see how they react through experimentation. I'm not a big one for fat loading, but I have some clients that they just don't digest carbs really easily, especially towards the end of a, a long diet. Uh, in which case they might get some carbs early in the week and then we'll try and hold fullness with a slightly higher fat diet just to keep the calories up. Um, but that, that's a rarity. I'm not, I generally don't fat load that much because the body's got a very finite capacity to store fat intramuscularly, whereas uh, carbohydrates can have a much more significant impact on the overall look. So um, I am generally 
carving up at some stage uh, throughout the peak week, but it could be early in the peak week. In Jess's case, it could be towards the end of the peak week uh, with the majority of my clients. Uh, as far as fluid goes, yeah, I, I do what probably most coaches do. You have a fairly high fluid intake the entire week, and then you pull it back sort of from about 24 hours before the show as a general rule. But then again, I've got some clients where they just drink water the entire whole way through because you, you pull water, they flatten out, they can't get a pump and mm-hmm. they lose fullness almost instantly. So it is very much case by case. Um, sodium does play a very critical role in glycogen uptake. So I generally keep salt in the entire way and use the fluid to flush away any excess electrolytes. Um, it, it's very rare that I violently manipulate sodium. I feel like it's such an essential element and your body's got so many little checks and balances in order to maintain homeostasis when it comes to your electrolyte level because it is critical for living uh, that it, you can't, you can only trick your body so much and mm. quite often it will fight back and, and backfire. So sodium is generally kept pretty consistent uh, throughout the entire week, maybe a little bit of extra sodium uh, the morning of the comp or, you know, while pumping up. Um, but yeah, it, it's a little bit case by case, but as a general rule, carb up, water high, drop it, or well, reduce it uh, for within 24 hours of the show and uh, keep keep sodium in the entire time would be my sort of generic cut and paste approach. Cool. Yeah. Sounds, sounds pretty stock standard. How has this year been for you mm. um, with the lockdown and the cancelled shows and everything? How have you um, found coaching? And yeah, tell us a bit about your year. Look, I'm a, I'm a very lucky coach in that I was already fairly well established online. So I just transitioned the clients that I saw face to face to online. Uh, and, uh, you know, luckily with the success of, of Jess and Mel and yourself, Claire, and everyone else that uh, it, it generated, you know, a lot of interest in my coaching. Uh, so I've had plenty of clients to work with uh, this entire year. It's been strange. A lot of them are training from home and, and working with sort of subpar equipment but we're doing the best considering the circumstances. Um, by far the most interesting thing that's happened this year, and, and I'm surprised this hasn't come up yet, is Mel uh, and her Olympia qualification. Um, it has been, <laughs> the last month has been the most bizarre month of my life. And I can only imagine what it's been like for Mel because mm. I, I've, I'm, I'm very rarely stressed out. Like I'm pretty even keel, level-headed uh, and, and stress-free in my life. And Mel's lead up to the Olympia is one of the most stressful things I've ever endured. Like um, getting the travel exemptions proved to be incredibly difficult, if not and impossible for me. So I, I was never going to be able to go. Yeah. By the time we got the travel exemptions, the flight situation was absolutely dire. And Mel could get there. She could get there, but she literally could not get back. And you can jump online and you can see all these flights listed and, and you think, oh, look, let's book this one. This one looks good. And then you go to book it and you can't. And um, we were caught, we had multiple travel agents working on it and there would be times where we'd be like, all right, I think we got this flight here. All right, book it, book it. She's got a, she, or, she booked a flight over there. Like she's still got a non-refundable ticket to the States, which she's just got to push back and use some other time. Mm. Um, but the flight back situation was just nightmarish and flights, she book a flight, flight will get cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, there would appear to be seats uh, available on a flight. Okay, it's going to cost 14 grand because it's Oof. business class. Fuck it, book it. Like that was our attitude. We'll book it. Um, we'll, we'll sort the money out later. Um, and then it would be, oh, no, those uh, seats are reserved for Australian diplomats only. So, okay, you can't have that. Um, it, it pretty much got to two weeks out. And we we're like, oh, no, you're not going to go, you know. Like let's just... Let's just peek for some photo shoots, have some fun, relax, take the pressure off. The, the dream's gone. It's not going to happen. 
And then it was like Saturday night just last weekend. We thought she was going. Like we had a sponsor calling us going, we've got flights, we've got accommodation, we've got sorted. I've organized your hair, I've organized your makeup. It's Saturday night. It's like nine o'clock at night. I'm on the phone to Mel. I'm on the phone with this sponsor who's booking flights and things. I'm putting together a last minute plan because Mel, in all honesty, she, you know, she still looks spectacular, absolutely yeah. spectacular, but she had eaten a kebab after a photo shoot and stuff like that. So headspace yeah, wise, she sort of started to switch off. And I had too. I was like, Mel, just relax. Like your body's really beaten up. You got to you know, ease back. It's, it's unhealthy being in this position. I, I was telling her to relax. And then all of a sudden on Saturday night, I'm scrambling to put a plan together to, to get her on a flight and get her to Orlando. She's arriving like 12 hours before the athletes meeting. There's oh all God. sorts of shit going on. And then, of course, that flight back fell through and that was the end of it and, mm. and it, it all fell through. But um, going through what Mel has gone through has been the most interesting thing I've ever experienced in coaching. And her her resiliency is kind of incredible. Like I, I know a lot of people will probably sit back and think, man, I would have gone. I would have gone. I don't care about the flight back. I would have gone and done it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big thing to say. Like, I mean, Mel's had other stuff going on. Like she has stepped back from coaching to develop an app. She sunk a lot of money into that. So you got to look at three months of accommodation in the States yeah. uh, until we can get back. Like she wasn't going to get back before Christmas. Mm. Um, you know, she's got her whole support network back here. She doesn't really have a good relationship with anyone in the States at this point. Um, it, and it just wasn't really a viable option for her to be stuck there literally indefinitely. Like, you do not have a flight back. We can book one January 22nd or something. That's the next guaranteed flight back or something outrageous like that. Um, so the fact that she dieted hardcore the last month knowing that she might not be going, it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And uh, I wish she got up there because she looks so much better than Queensland, like so much better, more yeah. muscle, better condition, smaller waist, better presentation. And she literally ticked every single box like anything that you could pick on in Queensland had been addressed and mm. in my eyes rectified like from the her front pose her waist was much smaller um her, her conditioning was far superior in the back pose she held all her fullness if not had more muscle like it that was by far the most interesting thing that's happened to me this year and I don't think from a coaching standpoint anything will ever top uh, the Mel uh, Olympia experience in 2020. I, I'm hoping I get to relive the Olympia experience with with you girls, and I'm hoping Mel gets there as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't ever want to go through that again because it was it was frick, it was traumatic for me. Like honestly, like I'm I'm somewhat scarred from it. And and Mel is still smiling and Aww. pushing on and messaging me and saying, you know, should I do cardio today and, and whatever? And I'm going, Mel, please don't do cardio, you know, just relax. Like yeah. it's, it's enough, you know, you've done enough. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that, that it was, yeah, but the people on the outside, it was, it, yeah, they, they probably, they, they haven't seen everything I've seen and it was really, really interesting to watch her push on with so much uncertainty around the whole show. Yeah, 100%. Especially being in lockdown. Oh, man. I don't know if I could do that. I think I would have been like, yeah, no, nah, I'm done. Let's just wait till next year, to be honest. Like, yeah, because mm. like right up to the end too, like that's, yeah, it's a lot of resilience right there. That's dedication, yep. 100%. Mm. Good yeah. on her for dieting so, right yeah. up. It's definitely very hard, especially for yeah. such a big show. Luckily, she did lots of uh, photo shoots and things like that. So hopefully, it'll all come out and just how spectacular she did look. But 
Yeah. Uh, you don't get to show it on stage. It doesn't really count, does it? So, mm. yeah, hopefully she can get back there next year and hopefully she's on stage with a few other Aussie girls. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Aussies. All right, well, we better let you go, Scotty, so you can um, go do coaching things and get back to everyone's check-ins that I haven't done. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still fat. <laughs> yes, yes. In five yes, more weeks. I, I am aware. <laughs> oh, my bad. I've been sick, okay? I need to, um, you know, get back into it. <laughs> yes, yes, possibly. All right. Well, um, we'll let you go, Scotty, but um, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I'll drop your email and your – do you have a website, Instagram? I'll drop I all that. I don't have a now. website. Uh, it's um, – you probably don't even need to promote me at all. Uh, whenever <laughs> Melissa puts up a post and, and tags me in it, or if any of you girls do, uh, that's it's a dozen bikini girl inquiries for coaching instantly. Well, um, you're going to get so some I'm, more. I'm, yeah, I, I, well, I'm happy to take some more and I'm looking at restructuring my business so I can take on a bigger workload because I'm essentially at capacity and if I take on many more, I'll probably get a divorce. And <laughs> Yeah, we don't want that, um, no. Yeah, so... Uh, yes, by all means, uh, send through your inquiries. We will uh, get to them and address them in due time. All right. Thank you awesome. so much, Scotty. Thank you, right, Scotty. Thank you, Scott. Bye. Pleasure. Bye. Thank you.